Good evening, everyone in Alberta, Canada, and beyond. It is Wednesday, September 20th, 2023, and I'm Carrie Lambert, and I welcome you to an online webinar, Evening of Solutions for a New Alberta, brought to you by the Alberta Prosperity Project, also known as APP. APP's purpose is to educate, inspire, and unite all Albertans, businesses, and organizations to protect their prosperity, individual freedoms, rights, and sovereignty by empowering the Alberta government to restructure Alberta's relationship with Canada. APP is membership driven with a goal of a million plus members to help steer the political process. APP memberships are one year for $20, two years for $30, three years for $40, or you can make a donation at www.albertaprosperityproject.com. Due to the new Canadian censorship laws and unable to show news links and online content, we do ask that you share, share, share tonight's episode. Tonight's episode is called One Million March for Children, a rebroadcast and debrief, which of course has to do with the One Million March for Children that happened across Canada today. Because we usually do Wednesday webinars, if we left it until tonight, the march would have been over. So we did the webinar on Sunday and are rebroadcasting it tonight, and we will bring on a few guests to talk about how it went in their cities uh, today. On Sunday, our guest was Mahmoud Muram, who was a participant and MC in the Calgary March, where I attended too, as well as Chris Scott, who's the CEO of uh, Alberta Prosperity Project, and he went to the Red Deer one today too. Even though the first part of this webinar is recorded, it's still a live webinar, so we encourage you to ask questions and make comments throughout this presentation. Just put three question marks before your question, so it'll be flagged and we can quickly view the questions. I'm gonna bring on Mahmoud and Mr. Scott. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, Carrie. Good evening, Carrie. How are you? Good. I'm I'm doing great. Um yeah, it's been an interesting uh <laughs> interesting <laughs> few days uh leading up to uh to basically the uh the one million March for Children, uh, which takes place on Wednesday, uh September twentieth. And it's across Canada. And uh, I'm actually just gonna show the the website. And then I'm gonna get Mahmoud to talk a little bit about how he got involved, what's his background, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, and basically what what is anticipated for the, the march itself. So with that, Mahmoud, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. First thing, first thing, I'd like to make a comment. Uh, this is one of the websites. There's two websites out there. Okay, okay. Marsh uh, for Children. This is with Dana McCaff. Okay. Dana McCaff. And the second uh, website was Hands Off, uh, of Hands Off Our Kids, was Camille Sheikh. As they okay. used to be, like, you know, they're working together somehow. But nice to have a double uh, website out there for people to know and stuff. Uh, work hand in hand, arm in arm, side by side. Yeah. Uh, this is one of the websites, so there's another website. About myself, I'm a father of five kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, that's the second website, I believe. Okay. So I'm a father of five kids, Calgarian, lives in, uh, lives in Calgary for, uh, for the past 25 years. June 1st, when uh, Campaign Life sent an email encouraging people mm-hmm. not to send their kids to school, and many of the other parents who I believe we didn't send the kids to our school school, and uh, we heard about the story that took place in Edmonton school. Uh, mm-hmm. Muslim kids got bullied and okay. uh, by the teacher, uh, downgraded and stuff. And then she told me, you cannot be Canadian if you don't participate in Pride Month and so on. Yep. So this ignited us. And Calgary was one of the first city in, I believe, Western Canada or in Canada to protest against what happened. 
and uh, we start from there protesting to because we do believe this is against our Canadian basic fundamental right. This is something we could determine or to decide if we want to participate or take a role in that or no. And uh, yeah, we start standing, taking the street after we emailed, exhausted ourselves, emailing Board of Education, um, schools, uh, education ministers and stuff, and up to Trudeau level kind of federal to, to protect somehow our freedom because we start believing we are losing our freedom gradually in a daily basis and they're taking away our freedom from us. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, wait a so second, I have to interrupt for a second. Go ahead. You're writing all these letters and, and contacting all these people, but why? What's the problem? What is the big problem? What's, the what's, big what problem are they, what... have a teacher coming and telling a kid who's nine years old, if you don't participate, it was recorded conversation. You can't be in Canada. You need to come to the school because he decided to follow the campaign life message was sent for everybody. Don't send your kids to school. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know whose campaign life is, but I got the email like many other Canadians. If you don't agree with uh, Pride Month or the first day of Pride Month, don't send the kids to school. And uh, we circulated it. Okay. And that kid was bullied and harassed and integrated by that teacher. And we were asking why this happened. Luckily, he has a recording because many of those incidents took a place in Calgary's school or Edmonton school or in Alberta or Canada white. But was no recording to be brought to the surface as an evidence to prove the statement. And the conversation, I believe, uh, was all over the independent media, mainstream media as usual, hide the fact, hide the truth, but the recording out there. And this is, was the reason for many of us Muslims uh, to get involved. And uh, we were surprised by the amount of the support we got, we got from other communities and other people to stand with us in this matter. Okay, so um, let me let me see if I've got this correct. So, <clears throat> your faith uh, prohibits uh, you from exposing your children to um, things that your faith condemns, right? And let as me, does mine. And in the school, you did a child was was um, not sent to school the day they were celebrating these pride events and and those types of things. And then the, te the, the student was accosted by the teacher and told that if they don't accept these values and beliefs, they're not Canadian and they can't be Canadian. Is that what I'm getting? It's not just that yes. they're trying to teach yeah. the kids about these things. They're telling the yeah. kids, yeah. hey, if Come you on. don't follow these principles and hold these values, then you're not Canadian. Yes. My, my concern wow. and many of other Muslim concerns, uh, Christopher, that's... Uh, like if the kid takes off school for any reason, nobody would ask question. Even mm -hmm. if he's sick or his mom died or his dad died, I don't think any people take concern about it. But because this happened against or not against, he didn't participate, he didn't disrespect anyone. Many of the, our community didn't go to school that day because they don't want their kids to be exposed to that first day of the Pride Month, mm -hmm. which we have the right, I believe. There's no reason for the teacher to come and start degrading the student and talking about his face or how he believed. And go back to my religion. My religion, like, you know, uh, we have like age, I believe, when you get the puberty and stuff. So you, for you to be, to have a duty to pray, to have a duty to do things. So it's not like, you know, it's not like something we force. It's not about us even prohibited because 
this is not about faith. It's about a humanitarian thing, nature thing. Like there's some stuff I don't disclose to my son or to my daughter at young age till they are adult yeah. enough. Who mm -hmm. gives the teachers the right to come and talk to my son, like less than 12 or nine or eight years old about some material? Me and my wife, we cannot discuss it in front of him or, yeah. or talk to him about it. Do they still have, uh, basically, you're signing letters of consent or something in school? I know when uh, when I was going to school and even with my daughters going to school, when they were talking about sex ed and all that, you had to sign a form and say, yeah, I'm okay with it. And, you know, do they still do that in school? Uh, no, they don't, because I'll tell you a little bit of history about the GSA, if you're familiar with it, Gay Straight Alliances. The conservative yeah. uh, government of Alberta passed the law within four hours. They did the first review, second review, third review. Within four hours, they passed it and they let it go. Uh, but when the NDP won by coincidence and took control over this province in 2015, first thing they did, they made GSA, uh, you don't have to report to the parent. So the issue with GSA is teaching the kids to lie to their parent. So that's the first evil mistake or devil mistake to do, teaching the kid, the daughter or the son, to lie to his mom, to lie to his dad, and not tell them the truth. So if you join that GSA club, a janitor in school could know stuff about your son or your son's sexual wow. identity. Yeah. When you're a father or a mother, cannot know what's going on with your sexual, with your son's sexual life. This is this is something I believe, doesn't matter what's your faith, what you believe, what kind of color you have, this is not right. This is absolutely yeah. not right. And that and that's law now. Sorry? Is that law now? It, it is a law now. And that's the problem, not just GSA. Now we have SOGI 123 in place. Yeah. And every teacher, because like, let me be flat right, Alberta Teacher of Association. So they're all kind of into the LGBT. So we have like, let's say one month pride. You go yeah. to their Facebook or social media platform. They celebrate the pride the whole year. Like we don't have a Christmas time. Like we don't have any other... Oh, there's flags Canada. everywhere. Sorry? All, <clears throat> there's flags up in the schools all over the place. No, but if Every you watch, we're talking, we're talking Alberta Teacher Association. So, like, at least they should be fair. Celebrate something about Thanksgiving, something about Christmas. Not year-round and promoting that stuff, which is, honestly, I believe, I don't care whatever you want to do. Like, I love Canada. I came here, yeah. and I love, like, seeing people from different color, from different faiths. First yeah. time I saw a Jewish guy, my heart was bouncing. And then we became friends. We started seeing people from different corners and learning how to accept each other's. But like now, no one has the right to come to your house and tell you where to put your TV. Where, now, when did someone you come to coming Canada? to your house to tell you what to teach your son. Yeah. This is not right. When did you come to Canada? How long have you, have you been here? Since 2001. Since 2001. So... You've been here for 20 almost 23 years 23 years almost yeah how does how does that make you feel being in canada a place where you you left your previous life to come here to build a better life i'm assuming how does it make you feel to know that people in positions of authority are telling children that they have to accept their beliefs and values to be canadian i believe uh, this is what i ran from First of all, let me differentiate between two things. There's a difference between immigrant and refugee. 
most of us are immigrant. Immigrant, a person willingly trying to sacrifice everything he has from his history, from valuable, from a place he grew up and memory and seek a better place for his kids, for his family. A refugee guy war, run for his life, and they have special conditions. So, so as an immigrant who I came here, I was seeking better place to raise my kids, and I called Canada heaven for me. Yeah. But I'll be honest with you, coming from a shithole place, from a place I call it corrupted dictatorship, and uh, to a certain level, I came from Lebanon, which is like a little bit better than other Middle Eastern regimes, and I could see Canada as a Canadian who has been here for 23 years. Canada going is the same way. And there's a, a recent regime we have. We're going the same way like those Middle Eastern regime we have. They're taking us in the same uh, pass. They're taking our freedom away. There's no authority for any teacher to come to talk to a student the way she, this teacher talked to this kid. And what bothered me the most there's no consequences so like for me to get a charge was criminal harassment based on some facebook and been accused um affiliated with white supremacists and whatever's that uh, trying to play all this game so just because we hold couple protests in calgary and a teacher literally she did degrade a student who's nine years old so this thing's gonna live with him for i don't know how long nobody's even talking about it mm -hmm. even the, uh, the left the radical left or the people who support her who support her is not even talking about it there's the main issue here and she's not the first student like we need to know what's going on behind those glass door in our schools because i do believe those teachers when there is no consequences for theirs for their action they are willing to do more harm to our kids and only god knows the the future what would tell us and how bad we were as parents neglecting our kids, trusting our kids to those teachers without checking what's going on in these schools. Yeah, and Hope asks, how do people not know what's going on in school? Why isn't the state media covering it? Oh, never mind, rhetorical question. And it's true because the only way that uh, CBC, CTV, Global, etc., will be covering that is if they're told that they should be able to cover that. And they're not, they're definitely not or, covering Or Carrie, if they no. have people that they know are gonna be causing problems there, so they can catch something that looks like it's violence and then and then tell Canadians that, you know, are are standing up for kids is just uh, it's anti something. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's one of the things that I saw in the paper was that it's an anti sexual minority protest. Like what? A, well, what a if you want to look at it, Chris, uh, Christopher, another way when uh, when I wore that T-shirt and stood up beside an MP that day when we have the Stambit breakfast with all what's going on in our country, financial stress, housing, refugee out of places, Canadian veteran has no place to sleep or to eat and stuff. All yeah. that stuff wasn't a big deal for the mainstream medias. Just to have my picture was uh, Jazz Raj Allen, an MP in a conservative party, and they did the unison attack from coast to coast, called me all the names in the book and stuff, which is was good because this is give credit for what we did is right so they gave me the publicity backfire on them i do yeah. believe uh thank god uh pierre and uh, pierre polievre and uh jazz raj allen they didn't distance themselves from us because this was going to be ugly and not good and uh as i said before the mainstream media is failing canadian at every level they only covering 
what there's uh, best interest for them or controversial subject to give mm -hmm. them uh, more hint or more trend. Like they're acting like a small child who's trying to have a TikTok account. You want yeah. more viewers. That's it. Yeah. What was the T-shirt? T-shirt that says on it, like we have Canadian flag and that family was the umbrella protection oh, from yes. uh, the rainbow yes. and yeah. leave our kids alone. This was our slogan for the protest we started in Calgary. And the funniest part, I want to encourage everybody to teach his kids. That day, we were going to breakfast. My son wore that shirt because I got him one. He's 14 years old. We left. I have different shirts. He said, why don't you match me and wear the same shirt as me? I have no intention to instigate any problem. It didn't come from my mind. My son wore that shirt. It was Sunday, so I wear the shirt, same shirt to match my son. And we went to that uh, Breakfast, stampede breakfast was clean intention. I have no discuss any info with the MP or anyone. In fact, I didn't talk much about my charge to no one that day, but the media decide to take it out of control and then... Uh, yeah, they do that. Yeah, and then the funny part, they did the huge attack, which is okay. <laughs> Our kids worth it, I believe. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's, let's get down to some brass tacks here. So do you have a problem with or take issue with members of different sexual minority communities do i have a problem with the anyone people, with the people with the people can i put it in a different christopher in different term i have yeah. uh, five kids yeah let's say tomorrow my 15 years old kids comes and tell me he's gay am i happy about it absolutely no but do I support my son? Absolutely, yes. And I'll stand beside him. Mm -hmm. I'm the one who decided to have kids in the first place. I'm the one who stood up beside my son when no media was there, yeah. when no politician was there, or no teachers were there, or any board of education. I'm the one who will be there when my son need me. Even yeah. like what's happening in our society, you could see all those people, the human right, or those uh, child welfare, or the socialists and stuff, they jump when there's incident take place. They jump as much as the picture is effective. So if there's a post, they'll act about it one month, two months. After that, that person who they're trying to support and help, they just a file sitting in some door in some place. Nobody even care about that person. Even my son, when he goes to that school, he knows that teacher. Even when he comes home and I tell him ABC, he tells me, no, my teacher said CD or XYZ. That same teacher in 10 years, she's not, gonna, she's not going to remember his name. So I have no issue with anyone what kind of sexual identity he is or what he wants to do or what he decides to do in his life. All my concern is below the legal age, below 18, below that normal age when the person decides what's hot, what's cold, what's money, what's drugs, what's tough. When a person cannot vote, cannot even have a tattoo, he shouldn't be able to determine what his pronouns is or what his sexual identity is, and they're taking it too far. Like a drag queer show in the public libraries, they yeah. choose the age of the kid from two to eight years old. <clears throat> Are we paying attention? So it doesn't matter if you're conservative, brainwashing, whatever you call it. And those are brainwashing our kids from two to eight years old. My son, till now, he still think of Thomas. Thomas, that train. That's he right. He's yeah. a train when he was young. So like, why, why don't you call him a train at that time and paint him blue and put red in his ears? This guy. Yeah. These guys, they have, they, have the, they have no logic. They don't understand. 
And I'll be honest with you, they have, uh, they need our help. I do yeah. say all the time, and allow me to say this, they keep saying love when, and they are the people of the love. The second we disagree with them, as, as you know, what happened with Trudeau, when he wanted to come to our mosque, we have, as I'm a Muslim Sunni, we have the biggest Islamic center in Western Canada, Akram Jama Center. Luckily, our people, our management didn't allow him to come, so he went to a small place, and he went and met with some Muslim leader, and he exposed himself when he said it's the worst nightmare for the radical left to have the hated minority turning their back on each other. He meant the LGBT and the Muslims. But what kind of prime ministers he trying to divide his society and community and telling you, you're my enemy, he's your ally, and so on, because he wants to create division for, uh, for him to be in power. As long as we're divided, he's controlling us. And that's what they are doing. You know, I uh, I have a bit, of, uh, it's an embarrassing confession that I'm going to make here. A few years ago, well, quite a few years ago, there was this narrative in the media and on social media that you know, Muslims were coming to take over Canada. I don't know if you remember going through that. I remember watching this unfold before my eyes. And and, and I'm a Christian. And according to our, our holy books, the Bible and the Quran, um, the sons of Ishmael and the sons of Isaac will be at each other's heels until the end of time. That's the way it is. But the interesting thing is, we're talking about something that we have in common, and that's our children. We love our children. You're saying things that are exactly the same as what I say, which is, I don't have a problem with other people or different types of people. I have a problem with them pushing their views and their values on my children, because that's, you know, I'm supposed to protect them. And in a way, it's embarrassing for me that I got, you know, I allowed the media to change the way I viewed the world, right? Like, I was worried, you know, is this actually happening? But it was never happening at all. What was happening was somebody was shaking the jar with us ants in it and making mm -hmm. us fight amongst each other. <clears throat> and that's been happening for years. But now this interesting thing has happened. You just mentioned that our prime minister is is divisive he's actually actively dividing people and we saw this through the last uh, three years especially with the convoy him telling people you know if you're unvaccinated how dare you sit on a bus with a vaccinated you know this is a problem of the unvaccinated jason kenny said and these leaders they took the jar and they shook it up and they made us fight amongst each other meanwhile this was starting this was coming into our school and we were so busy yeah. Worrying about who's vaccinated, who's not vaccinated, who's a Muslim, who's a Christian, that these people were out from the outside were swooping in and uh, starting to prey on our children. Yeah. So I, I got to say, kudos to you for uh, paying attention and standing up and saying something about this, because very few people do. Very few. You know, and, and we were we were even saying that now it's uh, now that it's kind of come to light what's actually being taught in schools it's almost impossible for us as parents to get in into the schools to number one see it and number two to make any comments about it yep. you've seen multiple videos where they've gone to school boards and people are standing up in front and you know there was that one where the girl was uh, dressed up as a cat and she identifies as a cat blah 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 the only way she was able to get she was the only way she was able to get in front of the administration was to dress up as a cat and go to one of these meetings we almost have to do those extremes now because 
I, you know, when my daughters were in school, I used to be one of those dads that would go in and help out. You know, they always asked for volunteers and I was able to do that. I don't think they do that anymore. Right? I'm going to tell you something, Kerry. Even if yeah. they do, the yeah. financial stress you have, yeah. the, 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 Mr. Trudeau put us in as their crime minister. Yeah. Most of us parents are struggling to provide food on the tables yeah. of their kids. That's right. So yeah. we're running and we're stressed and stuff. Yeah. And those unions all run by uh, some individuals. Either they don't have no kids, they have nothing of their life, they have no objective. While yeah. like you and I have three or four kids or two kids trying to work hard to provide, look after your family. And this is what's happening. And I'm going to say something about my Muslim community as a Muslim or minority. They call us. We're not minority. We're Muslim community. And I hate this is disrespectful for me when they put me as the same level at what they call 2%, which is I don't believe they're 2%. But mm -hmm. let me go with that flow and say they are 2%. They cannot put me in that boat with them. It's so disrespectful for us when they try to treat us like we are victims. We mm -hmm. all, they always want me to believe there is a partial Canadian group. They want you out of this country. They want to kill you. They call them one day freedom movement, one day white supremacist, one day they're Christian, one day far right, far left. What these people, the divisive mentality, they make us Muslim. When we come to this country, believe we are victims. We believe we have to play the victim card every time. And some of us do believe it, but the, the good thing now we wake up, we, like a lot of us woke up after what happened to that kid. Josh Alexander did face the same challenge, but we didn't engage much. Personally, I did, but as a community, we didn't. And we're connected. We're a strong block. We move together. We work together. We, we communicate from coast to coast. And as many of you know what happened in Calgary, when you and I arguing, let's say you're Jewish, he's Christian, I'm Muslim. We're arguing about which way to worship God or to believe in God. While we're fighting in this matter, the dark left coming to our school, biggest example was Nahid Nanshi did to us. Nahid Nanshi, when he won the mayor election, he won by going to grade nine and 10 uh, school and talking about himself. He was a teacher at Mount Royal, presenting himself as a good example. And most of them parents, when they went to vote, vote based on the advice of those kids yeah especially if you're a teacher and poison them kids mind so once they have the ability to vote they're gonna vote for you and that's how we got in now we have gone another example we need to pay attention to our kids we need to be part of our kids yes there's ways to volunteer but we're not paying attention that's why most of those committee run by the radical left most of those uh, uh school board or school trustee each and every one of us fight for his kids' interest. But how many of us sitting in a school board? I can guarantee you not many. Yeah. And that's why we're behind, beyond, <laughs> like behind and we're not paying attention. So now I hope parents get involved. Yeah. Homeschool is not solution, the solution. I did homeschooling since 2016, but now we're facing challenge. My son going to high school and we're we're debating what to do because like since 2016, when uh, GSA comes into kind of make it secret and stuff. My wife and I decided to take our kids out of, out of school. We did homeschooling. Thank God, like there's women in this earth to do the job because there's no transgender. I would never be able to become a woman if it wasn't because of my wife taking care of my kids. Let's face this yeah. reality. Yeah. I could have long hair. I could call myself Angelina Jolie, but the sad reality, I would be a man, biological man. I don't care what I call myself. So yeah, my wife did a great job raising our kids. 
And uh, this is a challenge. And I believe as Canadian, we need to get involved. We need to participate and take our right back. Like I know Scott Moe and Saskatchewan or Winnipeg or Ontario, they given us they given us partially some right. Yeah, as we're protecting the parental right. You're not protecting. You're giving some of my right back. Our right, it's hundred percent our right to protect and preserve our kids' uh, freedom and choice of what to do. We brought them to this life. We are responsible for them. You understand? Yeah. This is what I think we need to understand. Our fundamental right. No one could ask us what to do with our kids and how to raise them and what to tell them. Yeah. Okay, so on that note, um, I'll play devil's advocate here. How would you respond to somebody from the other side that said to you, well, what about my right to have my lifestyle <laughs> broadcast to kids? Like, why shouldn't kids know about my sexual lifestyle? Uh, I, I love the idea. Uh, in fact, I don't mind, but uh, do I go to school and talk to them kids about uh, Christianity, Judaism, Islamic, or talk to them about the straight uh life people like what's happening kids at minor age should be focusing at what learning like academic math science stuff like this mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. how it been what happened was our 18 movie what happened was uh 18 plus show with now like if you want to expose the kids to this matters like i heard nbc one teacher gave the homework to 12 years or 13 years old kids to go find a secret spot at home to practice uh, stuff we're not yeah. supposed to practice. I don't want to say the word. What kind of homework is that? This yeah. is this is sickening. This is I've actually, yeah, I've heard it's actually younger than I that. The under, under eight to find yeah. a secret spot at home. Yeah, and to tell her where the spot and how did they feel? This is the, yeah. by all means, like you know, if you have your own kid, which is I don't mind. You want to do whatever you want to do with your son, teach him whatever you want to teach him, or your daughter. Go have a private school for them and teach him all what you want. Mm -hmm. There's no right for you when you're a pro-abortion, decide to kill those unborn baby to come into my life and tell me how to teach my kids and how to raise my kids. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. You have no say in someone else's kid's life. That's what I believe. So you're saying you you want the moral questions to be uh left to the families families Absolutely. should be bringing their ch children up in the moral with the moral guidance that the family believes is the correct one and not just about what the family believe about what's right like i believe the normal thing to do let the kids learn as a parent i'm a muslim guy do you think i'm gonna go talk to my daughter she's 12 13 about what sexual identity and stuff like this mm -hmm. i won't at this certain age or eight or ten my son or my young daughter, she still think of Sarah and Frozen and how she yeah. could become a queen and she's eight years old. You want me to go tell her, no, like you could be a woman or, or a boy or you're too handsome to be a girl, you should be a boy. What kind of thing we're teaching our kids? Or bring her to a show when you have a, a drag, queer show, a huge giant male hanging his ball between his legs, stripping and dancing in front of my daughter to teach her inclusivity. This, yeah. is, this is sick. This is like, I'm, I'm not saying like, because I'm Muslim, forget the face part. I'm a human being. This is, doesn't make sense at any level. And what happened in hundred years from now, people, even history is gonna forgive us for what we did, for letting some such a thing happen to our kid and us watching it and being silent about it. So here's the question. The, the, the million dollar question is, what does the Million March for Children hope to accomplish? 
Million March for Children is the first step in the right path. So I believe what's before September 20 is going to be different than after September 20. Okay. Uh, there's not even just one person going to protest. People going out to tell each and every authority out there, our kids are the gift from God, mm -hmm. our job to protect them and to uh, have them safe and secure in this country we call home, Canada, mm -hmm. we call heaven. So I believe that a politician underestimating our power when everybody takes the street and Wednesday, not sending our kids to school, sending a clear, clear message to every politician our, out there that our kids, our right, we have the right to protect them, to raise them the way we think is fit for this country. As they will get the message, as much as they're trying to act like nothing happened from television, the biggest liar device we have in our homes or the mainstream media, as much as trying to ignore, the message will be out clear to let everybody knows there's angry parent taking down the street and they will do anything with every possible way, legal way to protect their kids. And this is one step. It's not the final, just a start. Yeah. So a question just came up and my apologies, I deleted it, but I'm going to ask the question uh, <laughs> because I deleted it. Uh, the question was, the, is this March only happening in Canada or is it happening across the world? Uh, from what I heard, like there's some people in the United States trying to engage and I seen that some people in Lebanon now, they trying to copy my hometown. They're trying to copy us. Some yeah. people, even though Italy, uh, the law in Italy forbid and prohibited any uh, LGBT stuff, but some people trying to engage in stuff. So like, I do believe the same thing that convoy that truckers did that movement when they planted the hope in a lot of people's uh, chest and mind all over the universe. I mm -hmm. believe this is the right path to do and will be the ignite the same way Calgary, Alberta did for Dressed of Canada. I believe Canada will do for the whole universe. Now, when we're waking up people against this satanic agenda that taking a place, and we will be able to tell people uh, no one cares about the kids more than his parents. So looking at the schedule that's just up on the screen here, school walk out at nine and the march starts at 11. So do you wanna maybe explain a little bit about what, what you're anticipating parents do? On that so, day, uh, I'm advising, and we have a we have a what's called a draft letter to send to the school why our kids didn't go to school to let the school knows. And uh, main importantly, each city work on uh, kind of like you know when you go to that uh, like Callaway Park that game when you hit the rabbit here and then pops out <laughs> from here. Yeah. So what I could tell you now, uh, Trudeau and his strategic team and uh, all that devil surrounding him. Uh, they're not going to be able to paint colors this uh, movement with any color. So they cannot call it far right or white supremacist or extremist Muslim or so on. Because from all different faiths and race, the Canadian uh, mosaic we have here. So uh, each city has their own way of doing things. So in Calgary, I could tell you uh, we're doing it in front of Harry Hayes building. Since yes. the city mayor have some uh, trespassing notes against some of our brothers from the Christian community, if they go into city properties, they'll be charged. So we're doing it in front of the Harry Hayes building, the federal building. And our protest uh, will start from 10 a.m. till 4 p.m. Uh, there's two march will be taking place. First one from 11 to 12, second one from two till three. 
Okay. We're going to do one before noon, one afternoon for those people who cannot take off full day off work. Uh, other cities and town, everybody decide on his own what to do it because some places you're allowed to do it in front of city hall, some places in front of the legislators and go on. So we have the freedom for everyone to do it. And my advice for every parent, because like say, oh, in Northern Alberta, there's no protest there, small town and nobody. Take your kids out of school and go protest in front of that school or in front of the like, police station or something. Let people know that we are taking a stand with this um, part of this one million march, delivering a stronger voice that our kids should be left alone. Carrie, okay. can you bring up a comment? Uh, it's a little bit back there. Sure. HM is the yeah. commenter. Yeah. And the comment There's says, I feel so bad for parents, blah, blah, blah. Uh, how about that one? Yeah. So HM says, I feel so bad for these parents that are so scared of their kids being educated about LGBT. I hope they can find a way to isolate their children from the diversity of humans and ensure they're completely uneducated when they turn 18 and go into the world. So I'll respond to that first. I'm sure that uh, both the other gentlemen here have something to say as well. I'm not scared of my kids being educated about LGBT. I'm concerned that it that it seems to be that the school system uh, and places of authority are telling our children that if they don't agree with these things, they're not Canadian, for example. Mm -hmm. I'm concerned that the line is being crossed from education to indoctrination. Education is saying, okay, you know, science, I'm big on science, by the way, even though I just flipped burgers, science says that, yeah, there are some people that are born with both male and female chromosomes. That's a science thing. That's a fact. You can't argue with that. It's nothing to do with your feelings. And I'm fine with biology class telling my children that, yes, some people are born like that, and they could be assigned the wrong gender at birth because they have both chromosomes. That's the way it is. It's Mm -hmm. nature. It's creation. That's different from having flashcards that tell kids what felching is or how to masturbate with fruits and vegetables that is crossing the line that's not education that's indoctrination that's Mm -hmm. brainwashing that's conditioning i have no problem with my kids learning that people can be different and we have to accept them i have a problem right now with my kids coming home and saying things like for instance Half my class is trans. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pardon me? No, they're not. Half the class says they're trans because they're getting all the attention right now. That's what I have a problem with. I mean, if you if you want to talk about facts, fill your boots. Educate away. Teach people to be inclusive and accept diversity and, and accept people for who they are. But don't you dare tell me that my child has to promote or advocate for somebody else's lifestyle or something that I don't agree with or my family doesn't agree with. That's the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And you the thing that uh that we'll call it the other side and I hate saying sides, but the other side says is that we hate them or we hate uh trans or, or bi or gay or whatever you need to do and that is not what this is all about this this whole conversation is about like what chris was just saying about the indoctrination and going into school and right from kindergarten you're told you have to pick a pronoun 
and uh, and we're going to give you a coloring book that looks like a gingerbread man. And you tell me, do you feel more like a boy or a girl today? What That's the, the thing. What the yeah. I don't know what my pronouns are. I just want to poke dead birds with sticks and eat my boogers. <laughs> well, at that at that age, that's all you should be doing, right? You know, what I could say, uh, Carrie, I love yeah. what Chris said, but I'd like to add one thing. Mm -hmm. uh, my point, we're not afraid. I know how to raise my son or yeah. my daughter. I know what I told them, but I don't want the confusion to get to their head because yeah. uh, creating confusion is not educational anymore. Yeah. And what my main concern as a parent, the second the teacher tells my son, do not tell your mom or your dad, yes. that's yeah. something they need to tell me. You that's cannot right. teach my son to lie to me and yeah. tell me this is something because you know better. And I'm gonna be like so, so, like, so flat about it. Most of those teachers, their higher grade was low, and that's why they became teacher. And now all of a sudden they're acting God. They're trying to tell you're too cute to be a boy, you should be a girl, or you're too, like, too handsome to be a girl, or you're masculine, you should be a boy. They have, they're not their business. And I live from there, and the main concern for me, taking that age restriction out of the vocabulary. Mm -hmm. Now they came with a new term, the government of Canada, when Mr. Trudeau in 2016 passed a new made that anyone could decide to kill himself, which is, I'd still call it killing yourself, you know what's made is medical assistance in dying. Yeah. So now they're coming with a new thing, and I believe they want to vote on it in March 2024, a mature minor. Mature yeah. minor, so you're going to take the 18 years old age out of the vocabulary now. You could have a 12 years old kids. He could determine when to kill himself or do something. This is a gate to take that restriction out. And all of a sudden, at 12 years old, your girl, she could tell you, I'm okay to have a relation with someone who's 30 years old because I'm a mature minor. How could you know you do why they're doing that? Because there's a lot of very rich and powerful people that would go to jail under the current laws. Yeah. Yes. Now, is that, is that, is that going to be a federal law? They're trying law? to give a safe exit for these people would say, that's why we're afraid. That's why we're not afraid from what's happened from the LGBT. And the sad reality, I'm gonna be honest with you, the transgender difference than transsexual. Like now you have a guy was like, he announced himself, let's get say lesbian, and he become a woman and loves women. So what the heck, stay male yeah. and you're, so that didn't make sense in the first place. And you know, like he act like women and all of a sudden he's with women, he's lesbian. It doesn't make sense. It's not my business. I don't want to go into people's life. You're 18 and above. By all means, have at it. Let the kids be kids. We're not afraid of you. But sadly, there's some politician. There's someone who's trying to divide this country. We had before Eastern, Western, Canadian, conservative, liberal, whatever you call it, vaccinated, unvaccinated. Now we came to this level of division. Yep. And they're trying to keep us under their control, like Chris said it earlier. But we cannot let anyone, any, anyone, Take control of our kids while we're still alive because this is, doesn't make any sense we're here to provide them with safety security and food on their table and they should listen to us we should be part of their uh, life and the decisions they take you said it earlier they're trying to make victims out of this class of people so that they can pretend they're they're protecting them and feel virtuous i mean the government of canada i don't know if you know this the government of canada has issued a travel warning to people of LGBTQT2 plus whatever um, for the United States because they, and they give no details, but because their life may be threatened if they travel to certain places as a LGBT per person. 
they're actually convincing people that their lives are at risk because of that. Now, I will, I will admit, probably 30 years ago, 40 years ago, someone's life could be at risk because they were a member of a different sexual class or sexual community. That, that I mean, we've, I'd like to think that we've become more enlightened since we beat up people for being gay. Not we personally, but, you know, society, that people were treated like that. And in, in your home, where you're from, it was hit much worse. But even the Muslim community has become much more accepting and progressive and loving of people who are different. And we no longer do those things. So this whole idea that, you know, the, the, the politicians can tell this group of people that they're victims, we hate them, and the only way to save themselves is to vote for them. That's what's happening here. And then they feel, oh, we're, we're so progressive and, and so virtuous for this. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's what I heard. Like Trudeau's doing it, uh, doing it very, very effective in a way to to keep the society divided and having a lot of people. So that's why when he felt he lost some control of the Muslim with this matter, uh, I guess he's trying to react. Like I'm gonna say something to my LGBT community, whatever. I hope some of them listen. They're being used, and they are the biggest victim of their action. Because what they're doing for every action there is reacting. If some of them straight-headed comes out and said, "What happened to Josh Alexander in school or to other people? What happened? How's it been bullied? The kids, he's minor. He's been kicked out out of school. This shouldn't happen in Canada. He's entitled to what he believes, to what he thinks right or wrong. So in fact, they're doing the right thing. They want to attack in defensive mode, and this is this is not right. And this is cost them backlash. Even people start questioning why we need to support them that much blindly why they're not coming out to say leave the kids alone what we're asking is not hard even leave as 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 a straight man i'm not gonna go to a straight transgender or lgbt kids or whatever kids and tell them you have to be like me or you have to believe what i believe so you leave you leave for me what i believe in and i'll leave for you what you believe and let's live together but mm -hmm. the sad reality is they do have a special agenda I do believe it. I could see it. I could feel it. Yeah. And this is what make us wonder what's going on. Is this what what push us to protest more and call for this one million event? I wasn't the main guy who called for it. it was Camille Sheikh, I believe, in Ottawa, and then they called for it, and then and it went from there. And I'm taking part of it here in Calgary and in Alberta. A lot of us working to make this mission successful to protect our kids and to protect our future generation as Canadian. You mentioned uh, what what they're doing, and there's some agenda. Uh, I can't remember exactly how how it goes, but there's a is that the the communist handbook or the Marxist handbook, Kerry? Do you remember we've referenced it before? There's actually a section Mark in there talking yeah. about confusing children and taking away gender. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting. Like a lot of the things that are happening right now are it's like they're they're straight out of the communist handbook. How to uh put a society into chaos to the point where they beg for their enslavement through communism. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we've ticked off so many of those, those boxes right now, it's almost impossible not to make some sort of a correlation and wonder what's what's going on. You, I couldn't name it better. I call it communist and it's at the best shape and form. And half of our societies 
like you know before the ndp one we used to have like 10 to 12 percent people living on social service now i believe up to 40 percent of alberta living in social service and a service and i can tell you one thing when people get used to sit at home and make money without working they love it and they live with it forever. And these people are the same one to jump from social service to another social service. But before we used to be workaholic people, we used to be proud of who we are and the sad reality. We feel our society collapse in front of our eyes. And I'm gonna say, I came from a different part of the universe. I know what's corruption look like. I know what's dictatorship look like. And I could see Canada coming the same way. Back home, they torture you. They pull your nail out of your hand. They whip you, they do many things. Here's their torture you by throwing a lawsuit at you, at you, charging you for anything. And so like, there's so many ways of doing it without you knowing. I never heard it in Canada could happen. You've been prohibited from attending any protest. Where's the freedom of speech? Where's mm -hmm. the freedom of gathering? And or like what this uh, city mayor did. If any pride event taking place within 200 meters or 100 meters, you cannot come and protest yeah. against them. And while we have a protest, they could come and counter protest and segregate into us and cost us all the problems. What yeah. kind of freedom? What kind of selective freedom? This is happening in this country. We once we called it free and strong. And sad reality, there's a lot of Canadians are so busy working to provide their kids with food, to worry about what's tomorrow what kind of bill we're paying what yeah. happening and uh they're taking up for they're taking us for a right and you know I've, our... I've said that quite often about even justin trudeau's uh daycare policy where it's ten dollars a day for daycare we're in such a situation now that we you need two parents working or at least two incomes in order to to, to do something and and provide for your your kids and it looks like the government's come in and, and is going to save the day by providing $10 daycare. Well, you know what? For 10 bucks, yeah, take my kid. But we know exactly what that $10 in daycare is doing. It's basically putting, putting the kids right into the, the, the palm of the, uh, of the government. And, uh, and, and I can only imagine what those kids will be like growing up in the next few years. At the very least, I hope that the people that are, uh, on the opposite side of this than we are, I hope they at least understand that nobody hates them. Nobody nope. wants to harm them. We just want our kids to be left alone. We don't want our kids to be exposed to things that we don't feel are appropriate. That's and that's exactly. the end of it. And I, I don't, I can't see how anyone should have a problem with that, but apparently some do. And like, it wouldn't matter what me Chris, to share something was, uh, was my fellow uh, Canadian brother sister from the LGBT or whatever they announce themselves. This life is not just about a temporary part-time session. You're gonna live 10 to 20 years old, like uh, 10 to 20 during your middle age, like from your 20 to 40. After this, there's elders gonna get, age gonna kick in, a lot of stuff gonna kick in. And what's after? Some of them, they're just looking at what's going on now. And they're forgetting what's going to happen after. There's a lot of things on the go. And I'm going to say it. There's a lot of them that, that anytime you talk, I have a friend who's gay, who is like transgender and stuff. Some of them, like, they didn't like what's happening now. But some of them, the gray, the, the, uh, what's called gay against groomers, they're supporting us. Coming yeah, yeah, and yeah, absolutely. With us, and I respect them. And I respect the fact that standing for the truth. 
But what's going to happen after for these people? A lot of them, they keep saying they're killing themselves. You'd rather to have a, de a dead uh, boy or a transgender girl. But that kid is killed already. The second I'm going to agree with him. You know, I know there's non-binary kids, like Chris said early, and this is science. But that dysphoria, children, dysphoria, whatever they're trying to tell me, or whatever, trying to educate me and tell me, yeah, this exists. Let's say I believe it exists. What's after? Look how many of them got older. There's not many. And uh, keep telling me data and stuff. They don't tell us data because the one who's writing the data is lying to us. Those one who's mm -hmm. inputting this data, they're not telling us the truth. How many vaccine injury out there? There are thousands. How many person talked about it? Nobody, because it depends depend on the source and when that, that higher power wants the subject to be known to people. You know, like over 33,000 people in 2021 were killed by mate. Mm -hmm. This is higher risk than That's Corona, ridiculous. for God's sake. Sorry? That's ridiculous. Yeah, that nobody that. even talking about it. So yeah. for my brothers and sisters from the LGBT community, before you make a decision, take a decision, and do something irreversible that costs you harm for the rest of your life. Think about it not twice, not three times, hundred times. And a lot of them kids rushing to do it because all the advantage, all the attention they're getting, yeah. all the stuff they're being pushed into. I know a friend of mine, like he lost everything. After he has uh, three kids, divorced his wife, became a woman, now he has no place to stay. He's lost in every way as possible. Lost his kids, lost his family, his dad died because the amount of pressure he faced. And mm -hmm. at the end, everybody lost. And where's those uh, organizations? Where's those politicians? Where's the LGBT community come and stand for him and support them? They're just good behind the keyboard pusher or doing a protest here and there and making noise. But when they go home, everybody live by himself. No one to stand beside him. No one to sit beside him. Not even no one to support him financially with the drugs he wanted to purchase next day to feel less pain. This is yeah. a sad reality. Yeah. And that's a story we hear often. So <clears throat> are you, uh, have you heard about the Alberta Prosperity Project? Do you know what we're all about? Actually, no. I believe we met once and uh, you and I, I met you. I remember seeing the face uh, when we met uh, at the protest downtown. You spoke that time. I'm anti-vaccine. I never attended any, I never took vaccine. Mm -hmm. But I, as long as I'm in Canada, I never missed any Saturday, those uh, freedom movement protests yeah. against the vaccine. Well, thank you. Thank you for uh, thank you for coming. That was it was kind of it was a fun and exciting time. Uh, one time I remember there was close to ten thousand people down there. That was exciting. Yeah. So yeah. what the Alberta Prosperity Project is, we're an educational society, and we want to educate Albertans as to the merits and the rationale of Alberta independence. Now, Alberta independence for some people is a it's a scary thing, but really what we're looking for is sovereignty over our own futures as as Albertans. We want to be sovereign in these matters in that we want to be able to choose where our children go to school and how they're schooled and how they're educated and what's in the curriculum we want to be responsible for how we manage our resources and our energy and those types of things so we want sovereignty both as a province and as individuals which is kind of what we're talking about today mm -hmm. and one of the tools that could be used to achieve that is independence so i want to i want to mention to the folks out there one of the things that we're advocating for, whether or not we're at the point of a referendum on independence, is that we want funding to follow the student. 
Yes. And I'm not just talking about the $980 that you get for homeschooling. I'm talking about the $26,000 or whatever per year that it costs you to have your kids in school. So, you know, if your school, your kid's school was pushing all these things and you found out that they told your child that they weren't Canadian or Canadian enough if they didn't attend Pride Day, you could pull your child out of school, have the funding follow them, and in, in essence, you would you would be uh, voting with your wallet when it comes to your child's school. And the reason we want to do that is because we believe that uh, family units, when family units are stronger and families raise the children, we're more prosperous for it. Because anytime we see the government getting involved in raising children, like the, when the government raises children, it doesn't go well because they're just chess, they're just pawns. They're just, they're, they're virtue signaling uh stories on the on the internet or in the newspaper right so that's one of the things that we talk about with the alberta prosperity project and one of the ways that we want to take back the sovereignty that we already have uh as as family as parents of our children so i just wanted to throw that out there because uh that's one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on the show is because when we see people that are standing up against this indoctrination we always want to propose a solution and that's our solution is that uh, if the government pulls their dirty sticky little fingers out of these things and we are sovereign over our own families these yeah. problems cease to exist absolutely absolutely yeah, you're right. and also I, I talk longly <laughs> no, you did not. the uh the big thing that we've we've discovered is a lot of this stuff that is being pushed on on us as albertans and and kids and is 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 federal federal jurisdiction and it, it's not even their yeah. jurisdiction as an example like healthcare you know telling us that we uh, you have to get a jab in order to continue life well that would be a provincial responsibility but it was basically the feds that said no you know what you have to do it or you can't go traveling you can't go across the border you can't uh, you can't yep. get a, a job in it with a with a company that you know you you, you got to fly around or, or travel or whatever you want to do and that's how they're, they're doing it with education too carrie yeah and and exactly yeah. with education so if you don't do soji in your school you don't get this federal grant for more you don't get the funding school. and and that's a big thing that we were talking about too is that it seems like churches and and probably mosques too i'm assuming uh as well as educational uh your schools or universities, they all got a certain amount of money in order to push a narrative. And that narrative for our case was the COVID vaccine. And it sounds like everybody got $50,000. Every group got $50,000. I know you should have got 50,000. Uh, but the idea was that that 50 was supposed to go towards education in your facility. So, you know, uh, posters up at the universities and from what we can tell, yeah, they probably spent a little bit of money on that. But a lot of that stuff was pocketed by probably admin. And so I question everything now, uh, seeing how all that, that worked out. And even in Alberta, I know uh, we had a $15 million COVID uh, education budget is what it was. So you name billboards, radio ads, TV ads, all that stuff, $15 million, which sounds like a lot to the average person. But $15 million with the amount of advertising that we saw, that was over $100 million just in Alberta. 
right? And where did that money come, come from? Well, that probably came from the feds promoting or pushing their agenda. And so the idea behind the Alberta Prosperity Project is if we see these sorts of things, we want to educate Albertans as to here's an option for us to get the feds out of our out of our lives because the more you're governed, uh, the worse off you're going to be. And the idea is that Alberta should be uh, as prosperous as possible. And, you know, we don't want the government to come in and tell us how to use our natural resources. If we've got gas and, and uh, oil and other um, uh, rich commodities, us as Albertans should be able to say, this is how we want it used and not be dictated to as uh, from the feds. So that's kind of where we are with APP. I'll be honest with you, what you guys said, um, I'm so happy to hear. I'm not a big fan of uh, Alberta, which is, I, uh, I signed in, I used to get uh, emails and stuff before. And I know Alberta been abused uh, for the past 25 years, living here or 23 years, I feel yeah. we're abused. Even when we go for the federal election, yeah. before even we hit our ballot, whatever those guys, Eastern Canadian, decide to put the prime minister, doesn't matter what kind of color we choose, blue or red, they determine yeah. our future. Yeah. But uh, my take out on this, I believe in unity. I believe uh, Canada, the way it sits good. Um, I'm not too sure about, probably you guys have more knowledge about that matters than mm -hmm. me and you have more info, especially yeah. like, you know, for me living in this country for 20 years, 20 plus years, and I seen how bad it's getting. You and Scott or Christopher, uh, Christopher living or born in this country, I'm pretty sure you have your own reason and uh, to stand and to say what you said and stuff. But I do believe sometimes it's worth dying for what you believe. Sometimes mm -hmm. very important to fight and stand for what you uh, committed to do and stand for it. And uh, I can't take this straight away from you. And uh, I believe as a Canadian uh, who came to this province, in 2001, I uh, consider it home. My kids live here. They don't even speak the native language. And I'm so happy to be a part of the Alberta family. The only concern now I face, and I'm really concerned, if Daniel Smith didn't make this election, mm -hmm. honestly, my passport was ready. My wife and my kids were leaving because we I've saw like... That, I've heard that more than once. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we were on the go. If Daniel Smith didn't make it because... The coincidence we faced in 2015 lot of, taught us a lot, a lot, a lot of lessons. And uh, I hope I hope you guys, uh, with the other Alberta, free Canadian, free Alberta, stand up to protect this country. And uh, we're not in better shape than any other province. We're so rich, but they're taking advantage of us and they're abusing us. And I'm going to be honest, I wish like uh, Eastern Canadian, because I have family there, I have friends. They don't even exist. They don't believe we exist as Alberta. They don't believe yeah. something in Western Canada. And yeah. this is a sad reality. And all their all our money for the past ages was going in their way. And they don't even think of us as people. They all think of us as some bunch redneck farmers. White, white supremacists. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and the far right. And, and me talking, I'm like, as a Muslim background or Muslim person, they still don't want to see the sad reality that we are more Canadians than anyone else in Canada. And we stand for Canada values and principle. I'm really uh, thankful that you shed some light, uh, uh, Christopher, about that matter, because I really like to, to, to know more. Maybe one time we'll be chatting together.
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know what? I, I agree with what you said there about unity and about uh, what it means to be Canadian. And as ironic as this sounds, one of the reasons why I, I've been speaking at Alberta Prosperity Project events for two years now or so, and I, and I took on the role of the CEO uh, because I feel so strongly about this. Uh, I don't know if you know this also, but I, I opened my restaurant in, Jul- in January 2021 against the restrictions, and I didn't close until they threw me in jail and put a chain on the doors of my building. And I, I did that because I remember. just like Alberta within Canada, somebody needed to stand up and speak out against what was going on. So the way I see Alberta is Alberta is, we're the province that's a little bit different. We've been stepped on, but we're very resilient. Uh, we have lots of resources. I mean, they, we've been stripped of a lot of them and, and kind of hindered through federal policy, but we can take care of ourselves. And so the way I see it is one province needs to stand up against the federal government and say, no, we're not going down this path. And if you guys want to go down this anti-human, anti-family path, we're not going with you. That's what that referendum for me is all about. Mm-hmm. And it, it it seems to me as though if one province does that, if one province stands up, it will give the other provinces the confidence and the courage they need to also stand up and say, hey, no, Ontario and, and Trudeau, you do not represent our values. You need to get out of our lives and give us our sovereignty back. Very similar to what Quebec did. You know, Quebec mm-hmm. said, hey, we're not happy with this situation. They had a referendum. They didn't even win the referendum, but the federal government was forced to recognize their sovereignty. And that's what I want for Alberta. I want Alberta to be the example for the rest of Canada so that everyone in this country can know that if they believe in Canadian values, like what we're talking about, I'm fine with what I'm doing. I'm fine with Mm -hmm. what you're doing. Let's peacefully coexist. That's Canadian. If you believe in that, you can stand up against the federal government too. And and, And that way we can actually save Canada, not break it up. So, uh, anyone that's out there that was that that was frightened, but when I mentioned Alberta independence, I want you to understand that that may be the only way to save Canada is for Alberta to stand up and set the example. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Beverly says uh, all the government is doing is making people stand against each other. I'm older. I'm standing for our children and their future, and it's exactly the same thing as as Mahmoud was just saying too. It, it's not only just about being older and wiser, but it's also coming from a different country to Canada and recognizing exactly what's going on right now. And that's something that a lot of people you know, will always say, oh, there's no way there, that Canada could ever go to war or whatever, because we're all just nice and peaceful and we're, we're, you know, we're, we say sorry a lot. And the issue is, is I've, I've got some concerns that we're almost, too complacent as to uh oh it'll never happen here so you know just steamroll right over top of me and that that's that that's a problem definitely a problem well we should I'm be having 2007 when the finance financial crisis hit everybody except us Albertans. they yeah. felt so safe and secure and look what happened a few years after Albertans were, were crying and uh, ontario all other provinces like were prosper and stuff like this so sometime you cannot put your head in the sand and you say it's away from me i don't know what's going on the matters that taking place as kids and in our school and how they're brainwashing our kids lgbt is just one of them there's many things are taking place in our schools and we're not paying attention 
I love the idea of doing homeschooling and uh, we did it, but this is not the right solution. Run away from the problem will never fix the problem. In fact, they'll get it bigger and it will come to a point to defeat you and uh, break you. And that's what happened now. Yeah. As Canadian, as Albertan, and the Canadian conferred, because I do believe in Canada, we need to stand up. We need to unite our forces and let everyone know uh, that we can't let a dictatorship, doesn't matter how smiley his face is, yeah. doesn't matter what kind of color he dress or what kind of socks he wear, he has to listen to the majority, which is us, is the power. We are the people. And what's happening in Canada is a dicta soft dictatorship. They're, they're, they're abusing us at every level. And uh, we need to stand up. We need to support each other and fight for our freedom in every legal possible way. I heard that Christopher was charged. Many people was charged. According to my lawyer, I just joined the wagon. I could be the first or the second brown people to be charged with this kind of fake charges. Shouldn't call it fake, which is I consider I'm happy about it because this is something I didn't rape no one. I didn't steal no one. I didn't cheat no one. What I did, I took a stand for my kids to be protected, to yeah. be safe and secure. I lost my history as Lebanese. I don't want to lose my future as Canadian, which is my kids. And those people wanted to take our kids away from us in many different shape and form. And if we let them, they'll do it. Uh, trust me, they will do it. They don't spare any second and they will do it. And they did it to some people before us and they'll do it to us as long as we don't stay on guard and protect mm. our freedom the way we're supposed to. Great comment. And I wanted to say something about it. Uh, let me just go back. Ah. He, she, Jay says, I believe in Canada Charter of Rights and Freedoms, and that means you can take your kids and out them into an isolation tank. I'm assuming it says put them into an isolation tank. Yeah. So they never learn about sexual reproduction or gender. Newsflash, take a child, put them on a desert island with a child of the opposite sex, and see yeah. how fast nature teaches them about reproduction. This yeah. is something we're hardwired with. We don't need particularly to be taught and actually uh you know speaking from my own experience i think it would it's better to learn these things with a partner who you care about than from a teacher showing slides on a wall that's that part true. of the mystery of growing up and of going through these things is you get to learn these things with somebody that you care about you know, so this whole idea that uh, parents can somehow prevent their kids from learning about reproduction, uh-uh-uh, nature, nature won't allow it. Nature always, always finds a way, always. Nature doesn't allow vacuum. Nature doesn't allow empty space. The place you don't fill, someone else fill. And when there's empty space, it will be filled automatically. I want to make a small like claim here and statement. I hope people will pay attention. As a believer in God, God doesn't make mistake. God, the God doesn't make, human do make mistake. Mm -hmm. And I love the statement when these people like H&M or whatever, M&M, whatever his name is, keep saying the funny part when they make statement, keep saying your children, thank you so much. Yes, they are our children. They are our responsibility. People like you should stay away from people's or from kids, uh, other ki people's kids because this is the truth. Yes, they are our kids. We are with them. We cried when they cried. We have, we're happy when they're happy. 
any dad on this earth, if you tell him your brother is better than you, he might get a little bit upset. If you tell him your dad better than you, he might get a little bit upset. But if you tell a father your son is better than you, he'll be happy. And no one will be happy for a kid more than his dad or than his mom. I'm not sure. Like, I grew up as an orphan. My mom died uh, from my mom's side. My mom died when was, I was 11 years old, and we were four brothers, four, four kids, three brothers and one sister. My dad was an amazing dad. For four years, he stayed as a widow. He didn't want to get married. He tried his best to be a mom for us. He couldn't. He'll never be. And he tried his best. And I'm telling you, and I was the oldest, I could see how much my dad struggled to help us and to feed us and to take care of us. He couldn't. At the end, he went in stress mode because no man could take a role of a woman. But I could tell you one thing. Any woman could take a role of a man because the woman is a source of the humanity. I say it now, I keep saying it all the time, because no way, no way for any man to become a woman. But the woman, anytime she could become a man, she could become a defender, provider, and take care of her kids, her house, and anything of this life. I was this H, I wish this H&M understand the meaning of sacrificing and take that selfishness about how he feel as a person or she or they because I don't know what their real pronounce is that about what I want or how I feel that's what kills the society society about the group effort about the about us working together and doing things together and as long as we're not doing it I guess that's why how we fail and we all fail on that part if we don't yeah. work together I agree and you know what the interesting thing uh, i was just going to mention this carrie yeah exactly we actually believe the same things for the most part whatever side of this we're on hm says my kids will learn that there's many paths and everyone deserves to have respect and safe spaces they also learn that if they're uncomfortable in a classroom they can stand up and walk out i don't understand this last part but i guess compliant children don't learn that they can take away consent i don't understand what that means but also hm insinuated that all men are rapists and commit suicide in an earlier comment so yeah. um, there's obviously been a little bit of conditioning uh, in this individual but in the in the in the nitty-gritty of it we both love our children we both want the best for our children and we both want our children to uh accept other people so I'm going to leave our, I'm going to end our conversation with this person on the things that we agree with, because I'm hoping that at least there's some common ground there that um, we can, we can start, start on, even though I'm very sarcastic and make people angry. <laughs> I, really, often. I, I really want to thank him for watching us, man. He, uh, he must yeah. enjoy the, the show and paying attention to everything uh, you're saying or saying. So that's amazing. Thank you for watching us, H and M or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then the fact that he did say they will also learn if they're uncomfortable in the classroom, they can stand up and walk out. Well, if you watch from the beginning, this is kind of what ended up starting the the whole conversation about uh, walking out on pride that you didn't believe in pride uh, as as a, a a Muslim child, and they were taken out of school, and in the end, that was wrong. That's what the school board was saying is that, no, you can't walk out. You have to be in there watching the pride flag go. So that comment that uh, they will also learn that if they're uncomfortable in a classroom, they can stand up and walk out. You just proved, no, you can't do that because otherwise we wouldn't be having this conversation because that's how this whole thing started. Back but even more importantly, yeah, that person just proved that we really aren't as different as what people 
say very we true. are. Very true. Yeah. You know, uh, Which is a, that, that's a blessing. That, that, that hater acquisitions they keep throwing, you know, I'm, I'm new to your wagon to be uh, enjoying that acquisition because we've been guys accused of that for the longest time. I uh, have the pleasure to meet with a lot of my far right, whatever. I felt them they're closer than any distance they have with any other Canadian. Yeah. And uh, we need to tell each and one of any, anyone out there, I hope they'll come to our protest on September 20 and be open mind. I'll see what we say all in every protest. We have six protests that took place in Calgary. Never violence broke out. We never yeah. said anything bad. In fact, we have some of the LGBT people coming and doing symbols, flashing kids and doing something improper and which is uh, which is okay. Let our kids see the real uh, people out there. Let them learn about the fake love those people keep talking about. They are the same people who accuse in other parts of Canada of being Islamophobic. The second we disagreed with them about our kids, they turn out to be the biggest Islamophobic if there is Islamophobic. Because mm -hmm. I don't believe in that quote. And then I know the progressive or the radical left, they keep using it to, to fuel up or engage problems in our societies and stuff. We really invite each and every concerned parent, regardless what you believe, what kind of skin color is, come and protest in September 20. Do not send your kids to school, even if you're a member of the LGBT community, because what we're doing to protect our kids, to protect yeah. your kids, to protect every parent and his choice on how to raise his kids. We're not doing it for political gain. We're not seeking any political party. You know, go out and see what's going on. Call it a family day. Take your kids, enjoy that day. You know what? We're not against anyone. We're not spreading hate. We're not we're not into hate of anyone. And like like I said, everybody want the best interest of the kids, like Christopher said. Uh, our interest is to protect our kids and our children. I hope the message will get clear to every politician out there to know our kids are first interest and we must protect them and we will be there for the for the for them as much as it takes. I agree. So, folks, uh, I know I see a lot of you are kind of giving old HM a hard time. There, won't you throw him some love while you're at it, just for fun? Uh, <laughs> honestly, I feel those guys are lost souls. They need help. When you go home, each one of us before you sleep, we pray for them because they need our prayer. Yeah. Because I'll be honest it's... with you, Wednesday, you know, I call them. Don't misunderstand me, guys. And I want to tell them to say. They are dead people. They will wake up when they die. They're sleeping now. But the sad reality, when they come to that point, they give the lot of breath. They know how wrong they were and then the wrong side they were. But the sad reality is they're not going to be able to correct what they've done through their life. So mm -hmm. now, like, they're sleeping. They don't know. But the second they're going to wake up, when they're dead bodies. And this is a sad reality. And some of them and most of them, facing this challenge. I don't care what kind of media we have out there. They're not telling the truth. I hope God will guide them. Doesn't matter what they believe in, but they need to stand for themselves, accept themselves the way they are, because I believe the first one to abuse them is themselves. They're abusing themselves. Oh, yeah. they, they believe, and it just came up in the comments, they actually believe that because we're religious, and I'm not terribly religious. I'm a Christian, but I'm not a terribly religious person. But they believe that because we're religious, we have are angry towards other people. No, no. My God tells me to love other people as I love myself. Mm. And there's only one other commandment. Love my God and love my neighbor as I love myself. That's it. 
There's nothing else. It doesn't say be angry at them because they're not like me. It doesn't say shout them down because they're a different gender that is made up and I don't agree with. It says love them, period. So the idea that uh, they, they think that we're angry at them, and I know you're you're in the same boat. Um, it, it just boggles my mind. But one thing Carrie and I learned, and we learned this the hard way, is that we could be the best friends with somebody and share amazing times and make great memories and be there for each other. And then something comes along like COVID or the vaccine or Soji or something like this. And all of the sudden there were, the friendship is gone. The relationship is gone. And this has happened to both of us so many times in the last four years, mind you, we've made a lot more friends than we've lost, but that is the way it is. You know, it's these issues. If, if you can't find any common ground anywhere, um, they just divide people, and uh, this is a—it's a good—it's—it's a, good, it's a good kind of example of what we're seeing in the comments. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with these people, like the majority of the LGBT, you'll find it special with them because they couldn't accept themselves in the first place. Like you know, I'm gonna be flat bluff about it. They can't accept who they are. They uh, they keep seeking the change, and then the purple color, which is—I don't care what kind of hair color you have or whatever. But they don't know, uh, they never learned how to accept themselves for who they are. And the sad reality when they're trying to push what they believe in into our life, into our kids. They want mm -hmm. us to think what they think, they want us to see what they see. And a lot of them, when you disagree with them, like I said earlier, they keep like they're supporting Muslim as they said. And some of them I used to know personally. And the second I said, leave our kids alone, and they start like, where to my God, to my religion, to my faith, they turn out to be the biggest Islamophobic if there is Islamophobic, yeah. the biggest yeah. hater if there is haters. So like these are the same people who are accusing ones the freedom movement, they're like bunch of criminals, bunch of this, bunch of racist people. Well, now you speak in the same language, you're accusing others of they used to say it before. So this is a sad uh, truth that we need to pay attention and people need to differentiate between personal opinion about something and different about matters or opinions, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. They're exposing oh. themselves. Oh, not yeah. in a, well, actually, yeah, literally and figuratively. <laughs> oh, what a, what a great way to wrap this one up here. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really, I mean, the, the idea was to have Mahmoud on and talk about the, uh, what the march was about. And, uh, and obviously we've, we've shown the website and it's all across Canada. Please look at it. And, uh, if you want to join in the march, we definitely encourage you to, to come out. Uh, I guess the other thing is, um, if you don't agree with what's being taught in schools, or maybe you just don't know what's being taught in schools, try and find that out. Talk to your kids. And sometimes it's a difficult conversation to do that, but talk to your kids. And then, you know, if it's something that you don't agree with, take them out of school on the 20th, because I think if all of a sudden there's a lot of students that are removed, it, the school boards and the government have to, or at least the Alberta Teacher Association have to at least make, make it aware that this, we need to fix something and, and maybe they'll actually sit down and actually figure out what needs to be fixed. So I think that would be kind of the goal of the, of the march in itself and, and, and maybe not push any particular agendas and just keep it back to kids. Kids need to be kids. 
and and teach them reading, writing, arithmetic, that sort of stuff. And uh, and we don't have to make it so that every single subject is about sex. Kerry, I'd like to add one thing, and as an yes. advice as a parent yeah. of five kids, yeah. the main key for us parents is to be part of our kids' life. Yes, that's Especially true. For those busy parents out there, when you come home, if you're a father, your mom, your wife working all day, take that phone away from your hour, from your hand for an hour and stuff. Try to sit with your daughter, try to sit with your son and listen to them. They pay attention because like I'll tell you personal experience, my daughter would tell me something and next day she'd ask me, oh, did you know what happened? So I, I completely am out because when she was talking to me and was saying, yes, 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 I'm in the phone and I didn't even pay attention to the comment or whatever her request is. And thank God I'm trying to correct myself and I'm trying to figure out a lot of things. Like, you know, my daughter, she, she doesn't have the clue she doesn't need to to come home and tell me that is it possible to have two moms is it possible to have two dads can i replace you with another woman this yeah. stuff should be taught to a girl she's eight years old or six yeah. years old yeah. and this is like as a, as you said in declaration there's many things that they can place yeah. and some of those teachers are pushing this agenda way beyond uh sogi uh, curriculum or whatever they're trying to to to, to tell them to do some yeah. teachers they're doing their own thing and they're they are willing to do anything to poison our kids mind and uh to to make it normal to make it acceptable in the way they see it right it's not like about because i never tell my daughter to have issues with any transgender kids or teacher or person and like i said we've been here for 21 years 23 years i've seen many of them we never had issues some of them come to my shop i service them some of them we used to be very close friends and uh, you know, like you guys said, sometimes you have to lose people for what you believe in, and it is worth it. No, thank you, thank you so much for having me, guys. It was a yeah. pleasure to to chat with you and help yeah. the message come across. And I hope Canadian, yeah. Calgarian will come all together to free our kids from the uh, school ideology taking place in our schools. Thank you so much. And once again, thank you for joining us. I, we had some technical problems at the beginning with the microphone. You probably didn't hear me say but that this was going to be a rebroadcast of this Sunday webinar. And uh, of course, that was on Sunday. And here we are Wednesday when we usually do our Wednesday webinars. And if we waited until Wednesday, we would have missed it because the march was this morning. So that's kind of the reason why we did that. And uh, we actually wanted to have a few people on to talk about their experiences uh, of the, the marches in their respective cities. And of course, we're going to bring on Patricia from Edmonton, and we're gonna bring on Chris, who was at the one in Red Deer. Hello, Patricia, and hello, Chris. Hi, how well, are you hello. guys doing? Good, how are you? You're all- I'm still high, like oh. happy high from, yeah. from earlier. I'm still feeling the vibrations. It was just absolutely phenomenal here in Edmonton. That's I'm very awesome. low. <laughs> I'm low? No, Chris is low. He, he <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, he's got a height issue. Yeah. So from what, you know, I, I attended the one in Calgary and uh and i i ended up uh doing some lives on the whistle stop cafe's facebook page if anybody wants to go and see that but i usually repost them all and i'll bundle it together under the chris and carrie show uh com and you can go and take a look at kind of the full day if you want to it's a long day i probably have uh probably three or four hours of video 
in which I did speeches and people uh, marching. And, uh, and my experience was I got there and uh, immediately I was, uh, and this is not really just, I'm just uh, giving an observation. I'm not, and facts, I'm not taking a side or anything. The, uh, I walked up and immediately I was uh, flipped the bird by three people on the other side of the street uh, who were waving pride flags. Uh, and they were marching or they were yelling out, uh, hate, don't hate, uh, love is, love is love or love is kind, something to that effect. But the message that they were yelling out really was about hate. And, uh, at least that's the way I interpreted it. And then when I was walking to the, to, uh, to our side of the, the, the street, there was not that. It, it felt like it was uh, people were uh, very accepting and saying, you know what, don't it, it's OK if you don't engage with them. Uh, we're going to be having our own uh, conversation, our own protest and uh, just stay, stay and, and watch our side. And when I walked up initially, I did notice there was about 150 or 200 people on each side. So it was very evenly distributed. Right. And nothing wrong with that. But as, and that was just before nine o'clock. And as the, the morning went on, before it got to 11 o'clock, and the speeches had already taken place, we had uh, Pastor Art was speaking. Um, who else was speaking? Um, uh, Sean Buckley was speaking, um, uh, who is the National uh, Citizens Inquiry uh, uh, moderator. Um, and and there was a, there was a lot of uh, good stuff coming on. But by 11 o'clock, when we were going to do this, the actual march there was definitely over 2000 definitely 2000 and i really don't think the other side of the street grew at all i think it was pretty much the same people that were there and and we did our march and we'll talk about how the different marches happened but what i found was that by the time two o'clock came around the other side almost looked at their watches and said oh it's time for us to go and they, all left, and they all left at two o'clock, which to me means were they paid? Were they only paid to to uh, to be on the other side of the uh, the street for like six hours? I don't know. That uh, that was just that was how it uh, that was my experience. Anyways, you know, I have I have some input there. Sure. So let's just let's just say for now that they weren't paid to be there, and it was a legitimate counter protest. Yeah. So you mentioned that they were angry and. They were fingering people as they walked by. Apparently, yeah. my kids say I'm not allowed to refer to it like that. <laughs> they're, they're flipping the bird to people yeah. as they walk by yeah. and, and swearing at them and things like that. Yeah. Now, ask yourself, folks out there, why would people do that? Why do people do those sorts of things? Why do they treat other people like that? And I would hypothesize that the people on the opposite side of this issue were angry. That's easy to see. And I think they're also scared. Now, the reason I say that is because if you've been paying attention to the legacy media for the last couple of weeks, we they've been telling place. that group of people that we hate them and yeah. that we want them to die and they need to be protected and they're victims and all of these things. That's what they're being told. And, uh, you know, so, so it's not surprising when we see those types of counter protests. I'll tell you about an experience I had with the counter protest in Red Deer. Yes. Uh, I was late, like usual, and the uh, march started early, which was because of the rain, so I missed it. But, I well, I caught the last half of it. 
But as I left after visiting a few people there, um, the the counter protesters were across the street, and there was I don't know a dozen or something, maybe twenty, but they're kind of scattered. I walked up to them. I didn't say anything. I didn't introduce myself. I just reached my hand out, and they reached their hand out. I shook hands. I said, "Hey, you know what? Uh, th- thanks for for being here. Um, we don't share the same opinions, but I value yours nonetheless." And I said, "I said thanks." And I walked down this line. And to be honest, I was kind of nervous doing this because yeah. I've also been told that those folks want me dead because I'm a straight white Christian. Anyway, they were all really nice and really pleasant yeah. and they were yeah. so happy it seemed that someone took the time to come and come and say hello to them mm-hmm. and it it occurred to me that if there was a little bit more of that and a little less believing what the lying pathetic sacks of me- legacy media yeah. tell people we'd be a lot better off That's very true, and and kudos to you to actually go over there and and shake their hand. Um, again, with with ours at two o'clock, we went from 150 people on the other side to maybe down to six, and uh, by the time the actual uh, speeches were done on our side, there wasn't anybody left over on the other side. Um, but that's not to say that I would in, at your but, at your march. What's that? Sorry. 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 I was asking Patricia if it was like that, if she's I was, the same yep. kind of interaction. Yeah, it was, it was yep. very yeah. similar. Yeah. It was very, very similar. Um, we also had a couple of thousand people show up. Just, just for people. Actually, the same story as you. Um, just, where... just so people know. So I was in Calgary. Chris was in Red Deer, and Patricia was in Edmonton. Just so you yeah. know. Sorry. And so at the beginning it seemed to match the size of the counter protesters. And I would say that maybe yeah. between three and four, maybe even 500 counter protesters were there at the beginning. Okay. Um, and then as the morning slowly progressed and we were getting ready to lead up to the speeches, um, people just kept coming and coming like on our side, they just well, kept yeah, coming and coming yeah. like in droves down the streets and you could see them. They had to walk from so far cause there was no parking where we did our march and, and, and they did people just, they went the distance and it's just phenomenal how many people just kept coming and coming. Yeah. And, um, it took me 15 solid minutes to record full length of the march my my arms felt like they had gone through like a massive workout by the time it was yeah and i didn't even catch the tail end of it you know at the very end people are more walking and like in doubles and single file at the end so yeah i just stopped the video at that point but when we came back and ended the march there was almost no anti-protesters left yeah there was maybe 20 that stayed and yeah yeah you imagine what it must be like to be the folks on that side and and believe the media telling you the things that they're telling them about us could you imagine that i really hope you know we we had a pretty powerful sound system there and i'm really hoping that the other side at least was able to hear what was being said on the speeches because maybe just maybe it'll put a crack in that foundation of theirs well and not even not even a crack not not even a crack but maybe it might help them to understand that we really want the same things yeah you know the majority of us i'm not not talking about the you know that small 
minority of folks from the other <coughs> side who are nefarious because yeah. they're they exist and as a matter of fact they exist on our side too we yeah. can't that we shouldn't even sugarcoat that yeah but for the most part we want the same things we want to bring up our kids the way we see fit yeah. we want other people not to be involved in that decision making and we want to be respected that's yeah. it yeah and the lgbtq 2si plus is not even what we're fighting and that's the sad thing that they believe is that we are trying to fight them. And that's not at all who we're fighting or what we're fighting. They we're fighting the government and the policies and the policies that don't, that don't agree with. See in our Canadian constitution. And I read it quite thoroughly a couple of days ago, just leading up to this March, but what are our rights? Yeah. And I, I read in great detail and I didn't know this. I, I knew there was something like this, but I didn't know to the extent of what our rights and freedoms actually ensure for us. And it actually says, and it quotes the education system as being a government body and that um, this goes for the education system, that the government cannot implement policy that inherently goes against somebody's religion in the public system. Did you please know that? I did, but there's a catch. So the government can actually say, oh, yeah, you have a constitutional protection on we're, we're, that we won't do something that uh, that goes against your religion unless it's in society's best interest, unless it's demonstrably yeah, justified yeah. in a free and democratic society. And that's yeah. the mechanism that the government is using for their attack on religion and their attack on family values. Mm -hmm. They're saying that, have you heard uh, the trans community or trans kids are at risk? Trans kids aren't safe. Have you heard those things? Yeah. Yeah. That's you mean being raised outside of the trans community or the pride community? Of, no, what, what the government is saying and what the media is saying is that anybody who has a different sexual orientation than, you know, heterosexual mm. is at risk of death. Our prime minister and his bonehead liberal government actually issued travel advisories for the United States telling trans people that they may their lives may be in jeopardy if they choose to travel to some states. Mm -hmm. And the reality is that's not true. Our lives are in jeopardy no matter what we do. Everywhere we go, there's a thousand ways to die as far as I know. But our government is telling that group um, to be scared. Be scared. Hate these people because they want you dead. That's the messaging, and that's what—that's really what we're trying to counter. I know. I've been calling it state-funded division, division because it's the government that's literally funding the propaganda that's spreading this false information and creating a hate that never existed in Canada before yep. yeah. Trudeau was yeah. in as prime minister. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're not perfect. Canada hasn't been perfect. We have a, a you know um, past mired with bad decisions and bad policy that did put some of those people at risk 40 or 50 years ago yeah. but we came out of that we as came out of that nation, and as a leading nation we came out of that yeah and instead of celebrating this uh our government is trying to make it look like we're just a bunch of bigoted assholes and it's it's disgusting and it's one of the reasons why it's so important that people start showing up for this stuff and they do it right they do it out of compassion and they and they start showing people 
that what the media is telling them, what the government is telling them is not the case at all. And then once we can break down those barriers, we have an opportunity to work together for common cause, which is also something that I'm pretty sure that our government doesn't really want. And I have a feeling that they're probably a little bit concerned seeing Sikhs and Christians and Muslims and atheists yeah. and Jews all marching together for a common cause. Because, you know, when that stuff happens historically across the world, uh, the world changes. Yeah. And isn't that something? And I don't that I have ever heard of or learned through my history books have ever heard of a situation where all faiths have come together for one common cause. And obviously no, being never. No. Well, the one that comes to mind <laughs> for me is uh, India. I mean, India, different five different religions and different air, geographic areas, they came together and they kicked out the British because the British had them under their boots and they didn't want that. Yeah. I mean, as soon as they kicked the British out, they started fighting amongst themselves, but they were they had the freedom to do so and they were fighting their own battles, not some outside influence. But it, uh, it does happen, it has happened, and it can happen again um, if we work hard enough at it. For sure. I personally think that this has just built momentum. And I'm pretty sure they're finding another one. I don't think it's going to be too far away um, so that momentum doesn't die down too much. I think it's important for us to keep going while the momentum is hot. Uh, because I think it'll continue to garner support. I believe, obviously, that um, there are many, many thousands of more people that did not go to those marches that would have liked to have been there. It was done during the week this time so that people yeah. were able to pull their kids from school. Maybe yeah. maybe next time we'll do it on the weekend when a lot more people are able to make yeah. it and yeah. um, and be able to show Canada, you know, <laughs> what the majority of Canadians yeah. want, you know. Yeah. Well, I, I was I, too because they were told, you know, they were told that it was a, a hate group. Yes. And so a lot yeah. of people were didn't come. That's right. Yeah. And I was I was going to mention about maybe doing it on the weekend, but I think pulling kids out of uh, of school on a Wednesday would have sent a pretty powerful message anyways. Same. Right. Either to the school administrators or to the uh, Alberta Teachers Association, the government, just having um, it's hard to gauge exactly how many kids there were in, in our group, uh, our protesters probably a, maybe a quarter to an eighth of them were kids so a fairly large number but it's again it's hard to tell right so and how many people do you figure there carrie there was there was over two thousand for sure yeah that's um, actually that's quite a few people the only time i can remember more people coming out in calgary to protest <laughs> something was when they couldn't go eat a hamburger yeah that's true yeah. too yeah we used to do that every saturday mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, I did want to show a couple of quick things um, just because we have leadership issues in this country. And I wanted to show what uh, our prime minister said is his post this morning was, let me make one thing very clear. Transphobia, homophobia, and biphobia have no place in this country. We strongly condemn this hate and its manifestations, and we stand united in support of to SLGBTQI plus Canadians across the country, you are valid and you are valued. And petrified COVID parents says, I knew you wouldn't be able to keep your mouth shut on this one. And and there's a lot of different comments on that. And But the other one that I wanted to show is by Calgary's mayor, you know, Jayoti Gondek. Uh, this morning, so-called Save Our Children protesters swarmed my vehicle. The level of hate was chilling. 
I did not shake my resolve to stand. I, I did not shake my resolve to stand with two SLGBTQ plus kids and their families. Calgary is a place of love and inclusion. Your hatred has no home here. I'm not sure swarming. And as far as I know, we weren't even near city hall. If so, anybody had swarmed the mayor's vehicle, they would have yeah. been arrested. Oh, of course they would. You would think so. Yeah. I actually have pictures of uh, uh, the horses and stuff that were out there today. I have to go, actually... go back to that other uh, uh, Trudeau. Quote, Trudeau? Yeah. It's the point that these people in elected positions are not staying neutral on the matter. They're they're literally picking. Oh, they're picking. They're picking a side. Absolutely. There. Here, here's here's some controversy. I'm a very controversial person, person Patricia. I don't know if you know that, but I'm going to be very controversial right now. Yeah, I kind of agree with Justin Trudeau. Do you? Oh, that's going to be a meme for sure. <laughs> anyway, let me explain. So Trudeau is saying, uh, "Oh, first of all, he wants to be very clear. So it's a good thing he typed it because no one can understand what he's saying when he talks. Transphobia, homophobia, and biphobia have no place in this country." Don't. I'm going to talk about that in a second. We strongly yes. condemn this hate and its manifestations as we stand united in support of that group of people across the country. Your value, you are valid and valid. I agree that those people are valid and I agree that they're valued. I agree that we should stand against people that are promoting hate towards other people. 100% I agree. The first sentence is the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's the second stupidest thing because I read another Trudeau quote this morning. Let me be make one thing very clear. Transphobia, homophobia, and biphobia have no place in this country. Are you saying that people aren't allowed to be scared of things? And what are those? Is somebody that's scared of a trans person or scared of a gay person or scared of a of two people, does that mean that they hate them? It does not. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, is that what we're saying here? And the, what was the last one that he was really up on? Oh, Islamophobia. Do you remember that one? Yeah, yeah, that's right, too. When he condemns Islamophobia, yeah. being scared of somebody's religion. Now he mm -hmm. condones it. This, the way he words things are not conducive to a leader who wants to have a united country. Damn. This man speaks in a manner that divides people in this country and causes them, as Patricia says, to have... Um, uh, conflict that didn't exist it doesn't actually exist and it's just an illusion yeah for what purpose though i don't know division oh right yeah because if we're too busy fighting amongst each other then yeah. we're not going to stand up and unite and fight against anti-humans like justin trudeau yeah. and jody gondick yeah um i did want to show so we we got to our place um uh well I guess I got there at uh, just before nine, but supposedly there was uh, a group on the other side uh, doing chalk, uh, chalk drawings um, before we got there. And, um, and of course the, the group decided that they were going to move them over onto the other side of the, uh, the, uh, the, the street. But what I, what I did was I actually took pictures of, of what they did because 95% of this, I think, is, is amazing, and it's beautiful. And I wanted to show you what this is. But also, if you don't know, I'm a graphic designer. I've, I've done multimedia and all this, this stuff. Just even by penmanship, this is pretty much done by, like, maybe two or three people, right? So it's not done by hundreds and hundreds of people. 
which is kind of what they want you to believe. But I wanted to show you a couple of these things. Trans rights are human rights. Uh, we, we rise by lifting others. Jesus is love. Why hate uh, love? Um, you know, really, there's nothing wrong with any of that. Nothing wrong. Right. And but that's not the point of this. It's the, the point of what the, the whole march was about was you don't have to actually shove this down the kids throats in school. That's that's the thing that I think most people are upset about. That's the one I wanted to show. Your kids aren't possessions. And the reason I picked that one in particular was because that's, again, not what this was about. We were talking about parental rights. But to me, it was kind of a, an interesting take on this that it says you're not your your kids aren't your possessions. They don't belong to you. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's about parental rights and yeah. boundaries as well. Yeah. Right. Like as yeah. a parent, yeah. we have the right to raise our children in the yeah. manner in which we choose to raise them. Yeah. And you know what? If we. If my neighbor raises their children in a way that is not that I don't agree with, that's none of my business. Yeah. And that's one of the things. But to be fair, this is also about boundaries. Yeah. Because we talked about this like in, in that replay. I, I mentioned, and I think Kerry, you commented as well. This isn't just about uh what, what's going on in the schools is not education. They're indoctrinating children with different values and beliefs and their beliefs because none of this is uh, or very little of that is science. I mean, what kind of science says that you can make up anything and it just be true. Mm -hmm. That's not science. That's a belief. That's a, that's a religion. Yeah. And, and there are, there are boundaries. I mean, indoctrination is not what we send our children to school for. We send them to school so that they learn things and then they can interact with the world around them as they grow and they can have a fulfilling life. Yeah. And, and this is a, a, a completely different thing. And that's what uh, parents have a problem with. Yeah. Can I bring something up? Yes, please. Um, I had a, I don't know if you want to call it an argument, but I mean, it was kind of a constructive conversation, except on my last comment, I never ended up getting an answer back. So the constructive conversation ended. But um, somebody in the pride community who wanted to counter protest and said that we were standing up for all these things that were not standing up, tried to explain, even though I didn't ask for an explanation, he just offered it up because he thinks he knows what I'm fighting against when he doesn't. Um, he offers the explanation that gender is not an ideology. Mm -hmm. It's a construct is what he said. And so I know what construct means, but when he said that, I thought, I'm going to look it up and read it word for word. So I, I know that I know what that means. Yeah. And so you look it up and construct, I believe as, as a verb is an idea. Mm -hmm. It's an idea. So, so he's arguing with me that gender ideology is not ideology. It's not an idea or a set of ideas. It's, yeah. it's a, like scientific evidence. It's a construct, which is defined as being an idea, an idea or a set of ideas construct and ideology have almost like very very similar definitions so i don't understand their argument you know well this is what happens when you start making let's use the term ideological constructs 
um, as an imperfect being. Mm. I mean, at one point, it was understood that there was man and women and they were created man and women. And it was, uh, you know, it was something bigger than ourselves that we looked to for the answer. And now, as we start to claim that humankind is so enlightened that we can make up the rules of the universe around us, we end up in situations where you ask a city councilor in, in some cities uh, to define a woman, and they can't. In textbooks, women are being reduced to... Uh, feeders or uh what are, what's the other stupid dehumanizing words that they use for women now it's not like mothers it's like a uh a, a feeding parent or something like that like just completely taking yeah. the humanity and the sanctity yeah. out of what it means to be a woman that's where we've they come talk to. about a breastfeeder they yeah breastfeeders it's yeah. so Idiot well, is actually men can breastfeed. <laughs> I don't know yeah, if you've seen all that. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen all that with the uh, the hormones that they can take. A birther, yeah, somebody said that. Or a, a chest birther, feeder. yeah, that's yeah. that's one of them. Yeah. That's yeah. disgusting. Yeah. Not, you and know what? it's like you it's like what? they're trying that's to me. erase women. Yeah. It's not just women; they are trying to get people. They're trying to erase people's identities. We all identify. We have an identity and that's what i believe they're trying to do they're trying to erase our identities so that it's easier for them to implement their agenda that i know for a fact they they want to push on us like soji doesn't come from canada it doesn't come from the united states it comes from the un and i don't know if you guys are aware but we shouldn't be adopting anything from the un and you can research this do you guys know who dr rima is no Doctor Who, man, she's world known. Um, I implore you to Google her when we're when we're done this okay. this um, live. Um, I I can't even go into it right now. It's just it's just too much information right now. Um, but she said that uh, the UN proposed a, a law for the United States that was thankfully rejected. But um, one of the policies that I tried to push in the United States was a child being able to consent um, with sexual activity with people of any age of that child's choice. And as long as that child consents that that it's legal. And so that was well, of course they want that because they want to stay out of jail. But the point the point is, is that that came from the U.N., and soji comes from the un yeah, so yeah. if those are the kinds of things that they're trying to push previously why the hell would we have ever adopted soji from the un we shouldn't be accepting anything from from the un i agree yeah i agree There's a lot, a lot of parents of don't know this yeah well through the alberta prosperity project we're trying to educate people on exactly what is happening and and what what things can be coming in from the UN and, and basically try and offer a solution. And how, how Alberta can stand up to it and say, yeah. you know what, if you guys want to go down that anti-human path to destruction, we're just not going with you. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah. I Someone's have high hopes for Alberta. I'm not going to lie. So do I. Yep. Yeah. I just I moved well. back here. I left for three years and I went to Nova Scotia. And then the pandemic hit at the exact same time as I was going across the country. And 
I hated Nova Scotia. I hated it mm. with a passion. It was, it's such a horrible province. Like it's, it's so <laughs> bad there. The, the healthcare system is like the worst. I've lived all over Canada and yeah. Nova Scotia's healthcare system, like people die from preventable deaths every single day all over the mm. province. Like it, it's so bad. And the and it's conservatives that are running the province and we were really excited. It was the freedom movement that voted for them and they got in and and it just went downhill really fast with the conservative leadership there with Houston. But um, the economy there is so, so bad. And I wanted to come back so bad. But when the pandemic hit and the freedom movement happened, I guess you could call it, I met so many amazing people. And, you know, when when the pandemic hit and people started fighting back, it, it felt like your new family, you know. Yeah. So it was really hard for me to let go of those people that I loved so much, that I do love so much. <laughs> I come back home yeah. to Alberta, but I, I had to come back home to Alberta. This is where I belong and I am never, ever going to leave Edmonton yeah. ever again. Maybe out in the country, but yeah. I'm never going to leave Edmonton again. You know why I have hopes for high hopes for Alberta? Because the, I believe that the, the, the only thing that stands the test of time is the truth. And the yeah. truth is... Albertans are not a bunch of angry, bigoted rednecks. That's not what we are. No. We simply believe in human values. It's it's and a good people in Alberta. It's a really it is. good people here. And because of that, whenever we do something in Alberta like these marches where we stand up uh, for our rights, for our kids, the truth eventually comes out that we're really standing up for everybody, even those who oppose us. Because yeah. they really want the same things as we do. Mm -hmm. And when people realize those truths, um, the only place it can lead is to a, to success. Because when human beings get together uh, to accomplish something, when they come together for common cause, there's really nothing that can stop us. And that's why I have high hope for Alberta. Yeah. <clears throat> there were actually quite a, quite a few comments, and I just want to at least post a few of them. Um, because of course the first hour and 20 minutes was, uh, was basically a replay of, uh, of last Sundays. So I want to say, uh, Michelle says I'm commenting after the 1 million March in Edmonton. This is an excellent video. Someone who is not sure of whether or not to go to the March, this would help them make the decision. you all, you all spoke very eloquently to help people understand this is all for our children. Um, Patricia, who is speaking up in uh, Edmonton? Um, the organizers. Well, yeah. Well, who was like, did anybody get pulled up on stage and, and talk? There was a few people. It was actually, okay. it, was, it was so amazing. Um, there was Benita Peterson. She was one of the organizers yeah. and, um, Ivana was one of the organizers and Nicole, I don't know Nicole's last name. Mm -hmm. Um, and there was a pastor that spoke. There was a, a Muslim that offered a prayer sorry mm -hmm. they call it reading the quran and he read a yeah. uh, part of the quran yeah um and there were a few other really important people that um that did speeches and those speeches are available on the alberta for liberty facebook oh, good. group good. and i haven't been able to watch them after seeing them in person but yes, i'm going to yeah. actually be doing that before i go to bed as well but yeah. i implore yeah. people to go and watch those speeches they were really powerful actually awesome. Yeah. And we had, there were also was, speaks that spoke. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the message that... Was the, was the angry Albertan there? 
I didn't see him in the crowd, but he no. wasn't up speaking. No. Oh, that's too um, bad. And the you message had, that they shared stupid. was to love the anti-protesters yeah. and to forgive them. And, you know, there was a, a really good explanation that they're victims in all of this. They're being used as pawns. And, yeah. you know, the protesters really emanated that message in our Alberta march. And yeah. um, there might have been a very small amount of yelling. Um, from our side, but it was very minimal, and we had quite the opposite experience than some other locations across Canada. Yeah. But by this, we had an advantage. Um, the way the organizers of Edmonton planned this, the area um, made it so that the street was going to be between the anti-protesters and the protesters, yeah. and I think that really helped to mitigate. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. a really smart move. Yeah. yeah, and the Edmonton police did such a phenomenal job, and people were happy. Spirits were really high. I, I think you know spirits were even high in the anti-protesters section too. You know because they felt unity in their community as well. Yeah, and the whole experience was just—it was life-altering. It, yeah, I I don't want to say this because I don't want anybody who doesn't believe in the Ottawa protest to be mad that I say this, but it it almost felt like I was in Ottawa again. It yeah. was just the most powerful and positive experience i've i've briefly looked at some of the videos and uh and pictures out there and and really if you go to actually hashtag one million march for children not just one uh scrolling along the bottom uh here right now one million march for children com but if that has the hashtag or hashtag leave our kids alone and you go on social media go on twitter go on instagram there's tons and tons and tons of uh, really and four is the number four, not the word and four. That's right. Yeah, leave our kids. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> One million March for four. Children. Yeah, I'm yeah. watching it scroll by. There you go. Yeah, you go. Um, yeah, it, it's yeah, it was uh, a, 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 an amazing positive experience. Again, Calgary had two marches, so it was almost like there was a morning session and an afternoon session, and I think. The majority of the uh, the rest of the cities in in the country just did the one, and um, and why were we so special? Well, according to uh, Mahmoud, who uh, was the organizer, um, this is kind of where it started, was in Calgary. So he wanted to say, you know, what we're going to have uh, double the fun is kind of what he he said. So and it was great. Uh, I'm I'm glad they did it that way. the The first march was probably 45 minutes the second march was probably 30 minutes maybe 35 minutes and um and a lot of positive uh a lot of positive comments and a lot of positive uh, speech um and and i did hear that there was an issue in victoria and uh that i cannot confirm yet uh but it sounds like yeah maybe they shut down they shut it down i think yeah, the, the that might be the only one out of all of that and uh so again it lessons learned they'll they'll figure out why it was shut down uh maybe they didn't have enough. we don't know why it was shut down or well, who shut it down or how it was shut i don't down. know how it was shut down and maybe maybe it was not enough police presence or maybe they got too close or maybe there was a shouting match that got heated i don't know what it was so but um you know looking at it from uh, i believe there were 22 spots in alberta that did the march today so, I know. Do you remember the union when they were when that secret? Oh yes, got released yeah. there, like yeah. twenty-two locations across Canada. I'm like, what? Yeah. Where do you get that number from? Yeah, there's more than that. Yeah, but maybe per province. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, just a couple more comments here, and then we'll uh, wrap it up. It's after nine here. 
Um, uh, Len happens to say, uh, why should we allow a lifestyle that cannot procreate tell us how we should raise our children? Right. That's pretty. Well, we shouldn't uh, let anybody tell us how we should raise our children, except exactly. for maybe our, uh, maybe the Bible, if that's what we believe, or the Quran, if that's what we believe. Yeah. Thank God for our Constitution, where it says that um, people have freedom of religion. That yeah. includes children. They have those rights too. Yeah. They do not have to take part in these things. And if they're yeah. saying that they don't want to, yeah. then they need to be listened to, and not, you know, in in Alberta. Um, there might be no policy that forces secrets, but there's also no policy that prevents secrets. And only 37% of the public school systems don't have a privacy clause in place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and just like you were saying, Patricia, with, with the number of speakers that you had there, we had numerous uh, religious leaders come up. And again, I, you know, I've, I've gone to many of these uh, rallies and protests in the past, and it, it's, it's primarily, you know, one group or one message. Here it was like, it, it, it really was, that was the rainbow color flag of people. It was a different uh, nationalities, different colored skin, and different, uh, different uh, uh, languages. And to me, that was the thing that was most uplifting, was that it was all, everybody coming together for as one voice against this uh, indoctrination. Including pride members. Pride members stood with yeah. us too, the ones that were brave enough to do it. And yeah. you know, that's just the thing about it is that what we're representing does include every everyone. Yeah. Yeah. They're what they're representing, they maybe they don't realize it, it does not include everybody. Yeah. And that's yeah. what we're fighting. That's why we're standing yeah. up. We had uh, a student come up and I, he was probably in grade 12, but he was saying that he's been here probably, well, I guess could almost do the math. He's been here seven years because uh, he came in uh, in grade five and he spoke very little English, if anything. And one of the first things that they did was they took him to a an assembly and started to promote this pride agenda. And that was the first thing that he realized. And so Carol actually says, I have a huge concern about new immigrants and refugees coming to Canada who enroll their kids in schools. If they are not fluent in English, they have no idea what their kids are being taught in school. If they knew, they'd be horrified. And, and that's why the student came up and actually said, you know, this was weird. He didn't really know what was going on. And again, he didn't really know the English language and wanted to fit in. So that's what he did. And as it progressed on and on through the years, he said, well, wait a, wait a minute, this is this is not right. And so they actually do have a gay club in his school, uh, but they actually have another group that he's part of that are basically um, people that are just saying, you know what, we've had enough of this pride stuff. So, you know, that that's that's great on them. Hopefully it's a it's a public uh, group and um, I, I probably could have gone and uh, talked to him after just to find out what, a little bit more about that. But I have the feeling that that's going to happen in a lot of schools. Well, uh, it's 10 after nine. And yeah. It's almost my bedtime. Yes, it is. But thank you again, Patricia, for coming on. And, Thanks uh, for having me letting us know what happened up there and uh, always great to have different cities and perspectives come on. So uh, yeah, we'll uh, hope, hopefully we'll see you again at some other event. 
I'm sure I'm you sure will. there will be more. <laughs> I know there's going to be some APP events happening very soon. And uh, I believe there's an email going out probably this week, if not early next week, about some okay. of the events. And uh, I know they'll be up in Edmonton. And uh, they're kind of set up in zones. So I think there's a, you know, typically a northwest, northeast, central, uh, and then south cities, that sort of thing. So um, if you are an APP member, you will get that email. Otherwise, you can always go on the Alberta Prosperity Project website and take a look okay. at what the, uh, the agenda is, what the schedule is. I'm just going to do that just because I have to. There you go. AlbertaProsperityProject.com. And you can find out under the events. And um, I don't know if there's anything under here right now. Huh. Well, would you look at that? Either way, we will uh, hunt that down. So with that, I'm going to wish everyone a great night. Thank you, Patricia and Chris. For before, you, before you go, Carrie, you mind if I close? Chris, Chris always I, has the last I word. Yes. The last word. <laughs> Actually, you can say the last word after I'm done. Is that right? Okay. It'll be bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared of that. Just kidding. <laughs> Too soon? Yeah. Okay. So in all seriousness... Uh, for those of you who don't know, my name is Christopher Scott. I'm the interim CEO of the Alberta Prosperity Project. On behalf of the Alberta Prosperity Project, I want to make some things very clear about our organization. Number one, we don't hate any of you. Uh, we don't really care what you do with your life and your personal time, any of those things. Uh, we also would condemn anybody who discriminates against anybody else because their beliefs or values are different than theirs. We believe in what this country was supposed to be. This country was supposed to be a place where people from all walks of life, all genders, all sexual orientations, whatever, could peacefully coexist, respecting each other's differences and, uh, and benefiting from the diversity that we all we share. Mm -hmm. That's where we fit in this. Um, these protests contrary to what the legacy media will tell you are not about hate these things were never about hate it's never against a certain group of people what's happening is we and others across this country and and in this province are standing up for the values to which we hold dear mm -hmm. and we understand that our values may not be the same as yours and i would gladly stand up to make sure that you have the right to to hold your values as well if you take this a little bit further, we also believe that the family unit is stronger when it's left uh, to, 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 to chart its own course, just like the province is. We believe families have a responsibility to the family members to bring them up in the way that they see fit. Mm -hmm. If your family brings up your children differently than mine, I respect that. And I won't treat you any differently for it. I certainly don't hate you. All we're asking for is that what this country was supposed to be be respected by everybody and you know in a broader picture we also identify that the federal government is causing a lot of these problems and a lot of this division and we will not stand for it we will not stand by and allow any government federal or provincial to take a society down a path that mm -hmm. leads to division and anger and hate we will not and we'll stand up every time. So on behalf of the APP, I want to say thank you to all of the people who participated in this in this uh, protest, this peaceful protest, standing up for the rights. And I would also like to say thank you to the people that counter-protested. Because while your opinions, while I don't share your opinions or values, 
I respect your right to convey them. Mm-hmm. So thank you as well. Well That's said. All. Well said. <laughs> That's all he's got. Well, thank you again, Chris and Patricia. And uh, of course, we do these weekly webinars every Wednesday, except for this past one when we did the Sunday because it only made sense to do it. But otherwise, we do this every Wednesday, seven o'clock. Uh, and uh, yeah, just uh, tune in. We try and post as, as soon as we can who the guest is going to be. Uh, we're working on a, a big slate of guests, Chris. Um, I'm not sure if you want to mention anybody or I guess because we don't officially have uh, dates assigned to them yet. But I know we've got Are some you talking about the Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, do we have Arnold Schwarzenegger coming on? We do not have no. Arnold <laughs> No, but we do have some big names coming up and I'm excited about them. So hopefully we can uh, put up a schedule uh, in the next week or so and actually list off maybe four weeks ahead. So that'll be uh, really exciting when that does happen. And of course, we're always looking for help and for volunteers. And if you have time, experience and a skill set that can help us, please do not hesitate to contact us through the Alberta Prosperity website. And uh, as for now, I'm going to wish you guys the rest of the, the evening. It's quarter after nine. Like Chris said, it's almost his bedtime. But uh, hope to see you in an event in person real soon. And uh, take care. God bless and good night, everybody. Night, everybody. Thanks, Patricia. Thanks. Thanks, too. Bye, guys.